return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Thank you, Jesus. Glad you're here this morning. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord. I didn't give Jim, Jeremy any scriptures this morning, so you guys can turn in your Bibles. and he'll, He's good, though. He'll get them up there and everything. But um, let's just pray before we get started. Lord, we just thank you that we can be here today. We thank you that we can meet and we can um, explore your word and, and meditate on your word. Lord, that we can worship you, Jesus. We thank you that we are here for such a time as this, this morning. Lord, I thank you that you just bless everybody here with the words that you speak through me, and that you just um, abundant, I just declare abundance for everybody here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, um, I want to talk a little bit today about our faith and about our healing. So the title of my message is, Your Faith Has Made You Well. And um, I want to start off, there was an article entitled, Patient Knows Best, that appeared in the August 1991 issue of the Reader's Digest. A person's answer to the question, is your health excellent, good, fair, or poor, is a remarkable predictor of who will live or die over the next four years, according to new findings. A study of more than 2,800 men and women, 65 and older, found that those who rate their health poor are four to five times more likely to die in the next four years than those who rate their health excellent. This was the case even if examinations show respondents to be in comparable health. So, they're in comparable health. Some said, I'm in poor health. Some said, I'm in great health. And the study showed that, that those who said they were in poor health, even though maybe they weren't, they were four to t- five more times likely to die in the next four years than those who rated their health excellent. And this was the case, even if examinations, like I said, um, were comparable. These findings are supported by a review of five other large studies totally t- totaling 23,000 20, yeah, 23, people with reached sim- similar conclusions. According to Ellen Eidler, a sociologist at Rutgers University and um, epidemiologist Stanislav Castle of Yale University of Medicine, co-authors of the new study. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about our confession and, and how we confess our healing um, just every single day. And um, so we see in the study that, that, you know, the Bible says death and life from the power of the tongue, right? And so, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit later about it, but it's not so much the speaking, but it's what we believe. Amen. So the more we speak something, though, the more we're going to believe it. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's kind of like a, a circle. If you don't believe something, the best thing to do is to speak it to get it down in your heart. Then in the abundance of your heart, then your mouth will start speaking out of your heart rather than just out of your head. Amen. And we know that when we, when we read the Word, when we meditate on the Word, we're, we're really reading it with, the, with our spirit. Amen. With our heart, right? With our spirit, we wanna we wanna read it according to the how how the Holy Spirit is revealing things to us um, in these last days. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs eighteen twenty one, death and life from the power of the tongue. That uh, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. 
So what that's saying is, and you know, this is probably a message maybe you guys have heard thousands of times. But what that's saying is that when we speak life, we're going to eat the fruit of life. Amen. Over a situation, not just our health, but over circumstances, over things that happen. When we when we speak death to a situation, then there's a good chance that 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 situation is going to go poorly. And if we're already expecting it to go poorly, then you know if that's our belief. Then I believe that that that's going to happen. I think there's multiple examples in the Bible over. You know, the Bible just talks about our tongue, how it can be a poison, how it can be life. You know, different things like that. And so. I think of, you know, one of the things that I, I talk about a lot is athletes, you know, and, and athletes that at a younger age have in their mind, I'm going to make it to the pros, I'm going to make it and do this, and they put in a work ethic and they do things like that, um, are more likely to make it, amen, than those who say, I'm never going to make it, right? Um, Michael Jordan, you know, you, and we can say, well, you know, all these guys that made it, you know, for basketball to the pros, they were all playing varsity by seventh grade, and they were, they just had the skill. You know, Michael Jordan got cut from his team in 10th grade. And, uh, you know, he could have, I read, I read so many Michael Jordan things, I just, I really, when I was growing up, I really just liked the way he played basketball, and I just wanted to learn more about him. And, uh, after he got cut, it said he, he said that he ran home and he just wept because he was so devastated. And he said he wanted to quit. And he told his mom, I'm not going to go out next year. I'm going to quit. And his mom encouraged him to work hard and said, you know, if you work hard, you're going to make the team. So he did. He worked hard. Um, you know, he, he did grow, I think he said, four and a half inches over the summer. But... But he worked hard, right? And, and not only did he did he make the team, but he became one of the best basketball players of all time. You know, but that's a good example of if he would have said, "I'm done, I'm just, I'm not going to do it," say so he would have quit. He would have never experienced what he experienced, right? And I think in our own lives, it can be very similar. You know, when we when we want to push through a situation, we want to push through, we want to. Um, you know, put in the work, the study, whatever, whatever it is in our life. You know, we're we're more uh, capable than we give ourselves credit for. Amen. Because we were created by the great Creator, the Lord. Amen. So if He says we can do it, then we can do it. Amen. And He has faith in you. Amen. He has faith that you can do it. And we want to imitate Christ. And you know. Jesus doesn't have a bad thing to say about you. Amen. He only has positive things to say about you. So we want to imitate the Lord. I believe it's important to speak well over ourselves. And in terms of healing, this doesn't mean lying about symptoms. Right? If I'm coughing up a storm and somebody says, you have a cough? And I say, no. Well, I'm lying. I'm just lying to myself. <coughs> no, I don't. <coughs> I'm, I'm totally fine. You know, that's just a lie. Right? Um, but... Like I said, this doesn't mean lying about symptoms, but speaking truth of the word. Amen. And there's a difference. There's, there's a difference between, okay, this is how I'm actually feeling, or this is, this is my symptoms, and this is what the Bible says about my symptoms. And this is what the Bible says about my situation. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. So the word says that we were healed. And if something happened to me in the past, you know, I adopted 
my kids, if nothing changes, they're still adopted, right? So if we were healed and nothing has changed, if the covenant stays the same, that means that we still are healed. Amen. And again, like I've said, this is, to a lot of you, this is very, like, yeah, I know, I know. But I, I think it's important to, to understand that even if we don't see something in the physical, it doesn't mean that it's not there. You know, and, and specifically for the message sake, our healing. doesn't mean if we don't see it in the natural, it doesn't mean that our healing isn't there. Amen. There's no statute of limitation when it comes to our healing. We were healed, and therefore we are healed. And that's not a lying statement. No matter what my condition is, if the Bible says I was healed, then I'm healed because the Bible is the truth. Jesus is the word, and it says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And so we want to follow the truth. Amen. We don't want to lie to ourselves about what's going on, but we want to follow the truth. I'm going to speak the truth over my situation. I'm going to speak the truth over my body and over my healing. Amen. There are times when healing manifestation doesn't come, but that doesn't change the truth of the word. Amen. That's, no, that's why no matter how a dire situation looks, we can continue to speak healing power of the word over ourselves. Amen. So you might know somebody who is at, you know, maybe their last breath. You know, and I, I know people that have had situations in, you know, in cancer and different diseases that they didn't have any, there was no other medical option. You know, and you see this a lot overseas where there's not the, you know, readiness of health care and different things, medications, and they really don't have any options. Their only option is to stand on the word and say, no, this is what the Bible says, I'm going to stand on this. And I think that's why you probably see a lot of, um, you know, healing manifestations because they're, you know, a lot of times people are desperate. They're desperate for healing. They're desperate for this and that. And one thing that's, that's, that's great about America is that we have access to things that help us. Amen? Um, but like I said, there's times where a healing manifestation doesn't come. It doesn't change the truth of the word. Proverbs 10.11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth, the mouth of the wicked. As Christians, we want to be positive about our healing. Amen? We want to be positive that what Jesus you know, that, that Jesus taking the 39 stripes 2,000 years ago didn't happen in vain. Amen. And we should be positive because we know who lives on the inside of us. Amen. And we are a temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And, and just like, you know, we don't want our, this church building to be destroyed, well, Jesus doesn't want our temple to be destroyed, the temple of the Holy Ghost to be destroyed. Amen. So he's pulling for you. He's he's praying for us all the time. It says that he intercedes for us to the Father. Amen. And so if he intercedes to the Father, he's not interceding bad things to it for us, but he's interceding health. Amen. He's interceding wisdom. He's interceding whatever we need for that given time. Finances. Right? And so we have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us, and we know that the one who lives on the inside of us overcame the world. Amen. The one that lives on the inside of me is greater than the one who's in the world. Amen. So, again, he overcame death. He overcame disease. He overcame sickness. Amen. And if we're supposed to imitate Christ, it means that, you know, and it says that we, we died with the Lord. When he died, we died with the Lord. Amen. We were risen together with new life with him. Then that means if he overcame death, disease, and sickness, that means that we overcame through him death, disease, and sickness. Amen. 
And uh, it doesn't mean that we don't do everything in the natural that we can do, amen, but we do want to stand on the Word. And I think there's three misconceptions about faith and healing that are very prominent, especially in faith circles. Uh, the first one I really believe is prominent is um, somebody, people say, I should never go to the doctor because only people who don't have faith go to doctors, and Jesus never said anyone should go to a doctor. And I think that's very prominent. You see, I, I, um, you know, especially uh, older Christians, my, my grandma, who's 84, she had friends who just would not go to the doctor. They felt that, that they didn't have, if they did, they didn't have faith. And in Matthew 9, 10 through 12, it says, Now it happened, as Jesus sat at the table in the house, that, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came, down, came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of, of a physician, but those who are sick. So this is obviously a metaphor for um, reaching out to those who need Jesus, right? But it also tells me that there were physicians back in the day. He wouldn't have used it as a metaphor if there weren't physicians back in the day for, for sick people to go to. Colossians 4.14 says that Luke, who wrote the book of Luke and Acts, he was a doctor. He was a physician. Amen. So we know that doctors aren't bad. Amen. And it says, you know, again, it's a metaphor just to reach out to people who need Jesus and fellowshipping with people that, that need Jesus. But... Um, it does tell us that there is there were physicians and that sick people needed physicians. Amen. The woman with the issue of blood, she spent all of her money on physicians, right? She was doing everything she could in the natural to get better. You know, and, and back then, physicians weren't like they are today. <laughs> physicians were, they would probably check something out and I don't know, there wasn't a ton of medications probably back in the day. But, but still the same, tried everything she could in the natural, came to Jesus, when she had nothing left, came to Jesus, touched the hem of his garment, and was completely whole. Amen. The second misconception, I believe, in the body of Christ, is when I know that my healing is manifested, I don't need to get a clean bill of health from the doctor. So I've heard that before, too, where somebody will, will receive their healing, and they'll be completely healed, and then they'll just stop all the medication that maybe they were prescribed and not want to go back to the doctor because they don't want to, you know, jinx it or they don't, they don't want to find out that they weren't actually healed, right? And I think that, that the Bible talks about this too in Luke 17, 12 through 14. Um, with the ten lepers, it says, Jesus told them to go to the priest, not because he was wondering if um, Luke 17, 12 through 14, yeah, thank you. Um, then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went that they were cleansed. And I don't believe that Jesus told them to go to the, to the priest because he was wondering if they were healed or not. Amen. He knew that they were healed. He knew that they were cleansed, right? He had them go to the priest so they could confirm the healing and then let the priest would let everybody in that city know, okay, this person is now clean of leprosy. This person, you can, you can actually be next to this person and you'll be fine. And, you know, one thing about going to the doctor after you've, you've been miraculously healed or even just healed, I know Angela had a broken leg and got prayed for by the fire starters years back. 
and uh, went to the doctor, still supposed to have a cast, and there was no sign of, of the leg being broken. And so, and it was completely healed. And so, I think it's also just a good testimony to people that, hey, I was, one, I was miraculously healed, and two, the doctor confirmed it. Because not everybody's going to have the faith that, that Christians do, right? Not everybody's going to have, you know, if I say, yeah, I was healed of this, there's going to be, there's a lot of skeptics out there that say, oh, were you really, though? Were you really? You know, but, but I think it's a great sign to unbelievers when we get a confirmation, Amen. To say, yeah, this look at this is my clean bill of health. Amen. And then the third thing that I think is a big misconception in the body of Christ is people say I shouldn't take any medication because that would mean I don't have faith. And I've I've seen that too. You know, whether it's if you're in a lot of pain, not taking pain medication. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna just hold on to the Lord only and 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 let Him work through me. And that's that's good. Amen. But we want to understand that even in the Bible, there were medications used. Maybe not the same kind of medications that we would think of today, but in 1 Timothy 5.23, Paul is talking to Timothy, and he says, No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake for your frequent infirmities. And this was really, it wasn't saying, yeah, just start drinking wine, but it was more so um, a prescription, amen, that Paul was giving Timothy. And we have to remember in those days, there wasn't Tums, there wasn't antacids. There was, you know, if I had a stomach ache, I couldn't just go to the local store and get some Tums, some, something to settle my stomach, right? Medication was limited. Um, the other thing in that area is there was no water purification. So the water, you know, if, I've, if, if you've ever been out uh, overseas to any place, the water quality isn't always great. You know, even Pastor Dave talks about, he'll never drink the water Unless it's from a bot, you know, from a bottle, right? A bottle of water, and so um, obviously Timothy had some stomach problems quite frequently. It said his frequent infirmities, and you know Timothy's one of those guys that we we know a little bit about, but we don't know a ton about. And we know that his grandmother um, and his mother had faith. Amen. You know, we know that his father was Greek, right? But we don't know as a ton about Timothy, although we know that he had some frequent infirmities that he was dealing with. And so this isn't a justification to start drinking, or a justification to start drinking wine, right? But it was, a, back then, a practical medication for some stomach infirmities. So again, it's okay to take medications. Just because you do those things doesn't mean you don't have faith in Jesus. And that's really what I want to, what I want to help, you know, in this part just because you do those things, you go to the doctor, you get the good report, you take medication, doesn't mean you don't have faith in the Lord. Amen. We have doctors and medications at our disposal here in the United States, but our faith in Jesus is greater than in natural things. Amen. So while, while I'm, I'm talking about being able to go to the doctor and take medications and different things like that, our faith in Jesus still always needs to be greater, amen, than our faith in a medication, than our faith in what the doctor says, Right? Because the doctor could give a report that's bad, amen, and we can say, okay, I, I see that, but this is what the Bible says, amen. And, and just to ourselves daily, I can say, well, I know what this report says, but I'm going to believe this report, amen. Hallelujah. And he is our great physician, amen. He's the beginning and the end, he's the first and the last, and there's something that the Lord you know, showed me just this 
that he's our first option and he's our last resort. Amen? He's the first and last. He's our first option and he's our last resort. Amen? Everything in the middle, we, we stand on the word, we have faith, we do things in the natural to get better. But always, whenever we get a diagnosis or whenever, whenever we get um, come down with something, our first option is, Lord, thank you for my healing. Okay, I just, I'm standing on your word, I'm believing for my healing to be manifested in my body. I thank you for what you did for me 2,000 years ago. And in between, and then, you know, also you see just people that have, have exhausted every natural option. And they don't have any option, options left. And then they go back to, you know, stay with Jesus and say, Lord, I can't do anything else. Lord, I, I stand again on your healing. I stand on your word. Amen. So he's our first option. He's our last resort. And it's our faith in him that ultimately makes us well. Amen. Medications help us recover and different things. But our faith in Jesus Christ, amen, he's the one who gets the glory. I mean, he's the one who gets the praise. Hallelujah. Even, uh, oh, let's go back to the ten lepers. Jesus says to the one who returns in Luke 17, 19, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Amen. It wasn't the fact that he went to the doctor and he, the doctor told him he was clean. But he said, go your way, your, your faith, your faith has made you well. Amen. Even when we go to the doctor to take medication, we want to continually stand on God's word. And thank him for healing us with the 39 stripes 2,000 years ago. And saying that I'm healed isn't just being positive, but it's speaking the truth. When I say that I'm healed, I'm not just, it's, I'm not just, it's not wishful thinking. It's not just me really trying to be positive and, and trying, just trying to speak good things. But it's actually me speaking the truth over my body. It's me speaking healing scriptures over my body. Amen. Now, when you, you hear the phrase sometimes, so people will take this, you know, a long way and, and say, it's all about what I say. So you hear the phrase, I'm going to speak it into existence. And it's not just about what we say, but it's about the truth that we believe. Amen. So I can say something, I can say, you know, every day that I'm healed. But if that doesn't get down into my spirit, then it's just words. If I'm not believing what I'm saying, then it's, then it's just words. So we want to believe it. You know, speaking in, into existence isn't just this magic thing where we just say the phrase over and over and over again. It's not, you know, osmosis. I don't know if anybody tried, there's a big test the next day and you didn't study for it. You tried to put the, the book under your pillow and try to get it through osmosis. I don't know if you've heard of that. But that's not what speaking things into existence means. Amen. It's not just something that that's just going to happen, but it's something that your spirit absorbs. The more you, like you said at the beginning, the more you speak out of your mouth the truth, the more that's going to get into your heart. Amen. And then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you're going to start to believe it. You're going to start to stand on that word, on that good word that the Lord has for us. The more we speak about the word, the more our faith grows. Amen. And it's good to speak positive, but the whole point is that our faith grows in the truth that we're speaking. And I want to end just by speaking some truths this morning. And I want to make them personal. Okay, and so, um, I don't have them on the screen, but I just want you to repeat after me. It's, it's, it's the verse, but it's, it's personal to you. Amen, it's personal to me. So Proverbs 12, 18, repeat after me. There is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, 
but my tongue promotes health. Proverbs 13.3 I guard my mouth and preserve my life. Proverbs 15.4 My tongue, which is soothing and speaks words that builds up and encourage, is a tree of life. Proverbs 16.24 My words are pleasant like a honeycomb. They are sweetness to my soul and health to my bones. Isaiah 58.8 My light will break forth like the morning. My healing will spring forth speedily. And my righteousness is going before me. And the glory of the Lord is my rear guard. Everything we just talked, everything we just said is truth. Everything we just said is all true. Amen? When we say, my healing will spring forth speedily. That's just not me hoping or wishing that it's going to happen. That's me quoting what the Bible says about my healing. Amen? When I say, that my tongue is soothing and speaks words and builds up and encourages is a tree of life. That's just not me hoping that someday, you know, I'll be encouraging to somebody. Or No, but the Bible says you are an encouragement, amen? That your words do build up and they do encourage and that your tongue is a tree of life. And so this morning, what I want to do, and we can start, um, I just want to play a little soft music. Um, but I want you to close your eyes, and if there's any infirmity, if there's anything in your body or your mind, I want you to pinpoint it. I want you to think about that thing. And I want you to pray over it by speaking life to that problem. Whatever it is, maybe there's a verse that you know, maybe there's a verse that we didn't talk about that, that really resonates with you about your healing, about what God has for you. And I want you to pray it over it by speaking life to it. I want you to make declarations to it. And you can just say it within yourself. You can say it quietly. But just I want to take a couple, just a, a little bit of time. You don't have to do it loud, but just where you're at. Just pinpoint any infirmity. Maybe it's multiple infirmities. Maybe you're dealing with multiple things. Because I know some, sometimes we are. Right? Sometimes we are dealing with multiple things. But just think about what that thing is. And I want you to speak life to it. Lord, I thank you that chains are being broken today. Think that healings are springing forth speedily, Lord. That recovery is happening right now, Jesus. You are the great physician, Lord. I thank you for medications being taken, Lord, that are doing what they're supposed to do. I thank you for for people being able to be off of medications, Lord, that they can go back to the doctor and get a clean bill of health to get off a of medication that they're on. Lord, nothing is impossible with you. There's no disease that is above your name. There's no diagnosis that is too hard for you to cure. Hallelujah. There's no report that is greater than your report in the Word. 
So Father, this morning I just thank you that that healing is taking place, that manifestation of the healing that you provided for us with the 39 stripes that you bore on your back 2,000 years ago, that that manifestation is here right now and is taking place, that this that that the healing power in the book of Acts is the same healing power that we have today. And so, Lord, we just thank you for all that you do. We thank you that we can stand on your word for anything that we need. It says in your word that we can ask and you will give it to us. We can knock and you will open the door for us. Well, whatever we seek, we will find in you, Jesus. So we thank you just for a great service and for a blessing on everybody's life in here tonight and today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.